2: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: The Around the NFL Podcast. Feels good to be
3: loved. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys?
4: Yo! I'm excited. No. I am feeling the love. I'm
3: feeling the love. Why are you yelling directly into the <laughs> microphone?
4: Yo, Greg. I mean, this has already gone, you know, on Instagram, somewhat viral. I don't know about viral, but it's been put on Instagram, and, and deleted, you've seen to have learned this why no I lesson. I deleted
2: the gram off my app. I don't have to watch myself do stupid <laughs> things. Uh, I'm going to do a stupid thing possibly during the show too. There's a fridge repair guy. Who they got a cancellation? They they're coming. Having a fridge broken during um, a heat wave is a problem, uh, and uh, I'm gonna have to answer that phone. So I'm just war- I'm warning
4: you. Well, and it's Dan's coming. just walked off set, so uh, everything should be fine. Uh, Eric and I can handle it ourselves. This is this so. is this is life right now with pandemic. Okay, you got the pandemic
2: still still rolling. Dan Dan didn't even mute his mic. He, he, just, left. he just left. The kids door, are the kids are starting school again, yeah. and now like it's like. It's like uh, virtual learning too. (laughs) This time we mean it. Like you're gonna lock your kids on the computer for five hours, and uh, the NFL season starting. So it's was that a door, Dan, or
4: did you just
2: hit your children? I did not beat my children. I slammed. (laughs) You were not muted.
3: Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't need to mute. I think. I think our company, and also all major companies that are acting as if, you know, this is okay. That working parents can somehow juggle full-time jobs with children that are in the house 24/7 that need now to be educated for hours and hours a day right the center doesn't hold one Some, of the, you know it's just
4: something has to go and it's going to be either the podcast or the children i and think it's the children for us yeah it might I be the children the, i think it's the uh, children
2: the federal government has told a lot of people um they don't really care about them um, you know, for much of our country's history, but the, a, a little extra during this pandemic, and children are are on the list. Old people, um, don't forget about people. Who like, else? Who else so can people. go? Mark, you know who else can go? <laughs> Who's that? You and I and Mark
3: and Greg. We could all go. We could just die. We could die from this. That's from that's the, the from the, stress the crushing right
4: stress of trying to put like eighty two puzzle pieces together that don't fit. Yes, um,
3: I hear you. <laughs> Anyway, we're still lucky. We're very a female lucky.
4: Female assassin is starting to feel like a pretty good option. He, you guys the thing, are here's to- the thing, though. The football adds a
2: level of like, okay, it's going to be tricky. But in the end, if, it feels good. Not just because we, we like football, but I, it is nice, even though we're going to be juggling it, to like ha- to have like real things to talk about and real work versus like trying to make up uh, stuff during the summer. I believe yes, that. And it's a good distraction. Yeah, at
3: the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, you know. We have awesome jobs, and you know, boys. I am not. You know, I'm not one to uh, self mythologize. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. But uh, want to share an anniversary to do what?
2: Yeah, I feel like you're exactly one of those people.
3: No, yeah. no, no. I would never do that. But uh, I want to share an anniversary uh, today. Ten years ago today, the old Zeuser <laughs> left the coal town behind. Start a new life in California. I got on an 8:55 p.m. flight, American Airlines, JFK to LAX. Hit, I hit the reset button on everything. And here he is, right here. Look at that boy.
4: Oh, look at that. <laughs> a little bit less salt in the uh, in the hair situation there.
3: Yes, you can see the difference. A lot has happened in those 10 years. Marriage, children, everything we've done here at the NFL. So despite everything, I do feel grateful today. Mark, I I am still not very happy about the fact that uh, in these 10 years that we've worked together, uh, that you had football Sundays off for the first two years of it.
4: Oh, But otherwise,
3: other than that, it's been a great uh, run with you as well.
4: I do, I do uh, You know, we and our friendship was just sort of in its early stages then And, and you were, the Browns and, and Jets were, you know, trying to figure themselves out But I would text you from the Browns bar that I'd go to on Sundays And you would be rolling into uh, work about that time Into a, what is essentially like eight bees nest put together And I'm like, you know, floating home to have a nice Sunday and watch the late game by myself And that put our, our friendship on on rocky territory, I think, early on but Dan, I don't know if, I wouldn't, if we'd I mean, even...
3: I wouldn't go that far, but...
4: Well, I on. don't know if we'd even be sitting here if I had, you know, on your second day of work, if I hadn't taught you um, the content management system, oh. CMS, uh, what, where would you be? I mean, I I think I that, mean, that, you know, set the table for you Your work,
3: all. your training work on the content management system as someone who had, you know, 14 days of additional experience, that is something I will never forget. Well, that, so thank you, that's Mark.
4: appropriate. And then no, Greg this... came, and then Wes showed up, and you know, we were just a podcast. It <laughs> made it very, very big.
3: Anyway, ten years ago today, how about that? All right, let's get into today's new show. Not even like a congratulations from Greg or like oh congrats. Oh, <laughs> well, I was notice he can't do that. The thing. the basic things,
2: I know. I he- my con- my congrats was holding off on making more self uh, mythologizing joke. I can't say that word. I guess it's, a, it's a Oh, you can't?
3: Okay. Tough... <laughs> good. You're a good guy, Greg. It right, reminded me a little uh... bit
2: if it reminded me a little bit it's like whenever like th- like someone on Twitter like an actor on Twitter will be like 12 years ago today first day on the set on Ghostbusters 4. And it's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> What is going on with you? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> all
3: right, let's do some news. It's a rundown Friday. Let's hit it. I right, get ready for
1: my big FBI moment. They're all dead, baby. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Murtaugh. The FBI. <laughs>
3: And speaking of, uh, you know, 10 years working together, Mark, and what a long, crazy ride it's been. To me, still the greatest individual scene uh, that represents male friendship in the history of film is Pitt and DiCaprio at Rick Dalton's home watching FBI together and just chilling on the couch. What a genius uh, scene by Tarantino.
4: I think that's sort of what the whole movie's about. I mean, it's that to me that's sort of the heartbeat of the whole thing, and that and that was ripped from an actual FBI episode where DiCaprio is playing what was Burt Reynolds' character in real life. So, I mean, that's a total Tarantinoism. Got the poster right behind mm. me, so here we go. There you go, Greg. All any right. comments on that uh, conversation yeah. between Dan and I? Uh, you know, I had a great <laughs> male
2: bonding moment watching that movie with our buddy Gonzo. Of course, there's lots of you know, got you know.
1: John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs.
2: Colleen was there too, and and her friends. I guess it wasn't all males, but it just felt it is a good hang movie to watch. Yeah. There you go. All right. Nice, Greg. Uh, We're back on track. All right. Let's get into the news,
3: uh, starting with some sobering news, actually. Uh, Washington football team coach Ron Rivera announced Thursday that he has been diagnosed with what he terms to be a very treatable and curable form of lymph node cancer. Uh, Rivera told the SBN's Adam Schefter that he was stunned. He was angry. He feels like he's in the best best health uh, that he's been in. Uh, But he went to the doctor uh, because he had a lump on his neck and uh, got the diagnosis. He's going to continue to coach. That's his plan. It's full speed ahead, uh, Rivera says. Uh, But now he has uh, this on his plate, and uh, we wish him the best. And obviously, cancer is something that's very close to this podcast, as Chris Wessling fights cancer for the second time in the the past few years. So we understand how all-encompassing that becomes. Ron Rivera, Greg, is a guy that we've already talked about on this podcast, has more on his shoulders as a head coach than really any coach I ever remember since we've been doing this show. And now he has the fight of cancer in his personal life.
2: Yeah, there's. I, I can't think of a coach taking a job and then having to deal with more quickly, just from an organizational standpoint. And then this personally is is so separate, and you you hope the best for him. It's encouraging that that the doctors told him keep working, but he did say he's going to feel it. You know, he expects to feel it a little more. In three or four weeks, and um, so I'm sure that's something that that the Washington football team is going to do everything they can to support him, and that if someone needs to step in and help him with some of his duties in that time, you know I'm sure at least they have a little bit of plan for it. Jack Del Rio is there, their defensive coordinator, who who of course has been a head coach a, a couple of times.
4: Yeah, I mean I, I can't really think of of a coach that has garnered more respect, um, and, and you know to his days as a player. Uh, and right into what he's done now. And it's, I think it's, it's so heightened and, and clear to see in Washington taking on, as you said, just extra roles, stuff that head coaches in their first season typically wouldn't be asked to do. I can think when when, when the Rams moved, they essentially kept Jeff Fisher around um, an extra season or two because they wanted someone who had been there just to manage that transition. Rivera's doing this all after been there for a couple months. And like I, I do think head coaches probably have a tough time stepping mm. down from their duties. And you hope that... Um, Physically, if there is, uh, if it becomes complicated, that there will be a way for him to to get the rest he needs because, you know, we've seen it personally what it what it can do. Well, you have to be worried about the coronavirus. I mean, there's that, too.
2: I I mean, you have you have to be a little extra worried when you're when you're at risk.
3: The team has a, quote, plan B in place if Rivera does have to step away from his duties. And yes, there is also a teachable moment in there for all of us, Rivera. Detected that lump, didn't ignore it Went to the doctor We should all follow that path If you ever see something That's out of place On the old bod You know, we talk about bods on the show And this is talking about the bod in a different way it's still yeah, I, mean, I feel
4: like I have a lot of lumps on my body right now And it's not, they're not um, <laughs> I don't know what what a doctor would say about it But it's un- unpleasant to the eye Yeah you go, I know what you go Autumn Calabrese doctor. would say. She'd say, Get back on that
2: beach body workout. Beach body.
3: I could see you going to the doctor and explaining uh, all the maladies on your body, and then the doctor just being like, You're almost 50.
4: <laughs> I haven't been to a regular doctor, sort of checkup type thing in a, in a, in a long time. All so right, probably fo- follow Dan's advice. Yeah. All right.
2: How about
3: this? How about what just happened with Ron Rivera go, Maybe make that the reason to go to the doctor.
4: Well, I my Russ. doctor again is going to be female assassin, and it's there's it's prevalent, and it's uh, it's you know
2: that doctors' appointments are now virtual too. They're not letting you in, or they're requesting don't show up uh, right now, which which hmm. makes sense. So but you, it's a little strange. You're looking you're looking for more of a cavorkian,
3: is what you're saying,
4: uh, essentially. Mark, okay. will have to bring it in, in Nor- other- Norway.
2: Like if if Mark suddenly leaves for Norway, we'll have to be a little worried. <laughs> Uh, in other news, a certified trope
3: alert down there in Tampa. Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians believes that Rob Gronkowski, the version that they're seeing right now in Florida, the version that Tom Brady successfully lured out of retirement after one year, is the same guy who is the greatest tight end of all time. In New England, years ago, the guy that has all these records and Super Bowls and all that. Um, years later, at age 31, with a body like an operation game board, and after a year out of the game, Arian says he's totally rejuvenated, and the guy that's on the team now is that all-time great. Mark, are you buying this, or is this a certified trope alert?
4: Well, first of all, I think that the the trope lady um, is not exactly like a nine to five grinder. She probably does about two hours of work over the course of an entire (laughs) year on this show, but she does a nice job with it and she's very consistent. I'll start right there. Um, Pleasant voice. But I do I, here's why I buy it. If you put Gronk like on the Bears or you know the chargers, I'd, I'd have questions. But he's paired with Brady, and he's basically talked about the fact that, you know, Guerrero and Brady have been working with him closely and he's changed his diet. and this stuff has worked for Tom Brady, and Tom Brady and Gronk, like the fact that they're paired together, I buy the idea that the, his body is healthy, and they're going to produce right away because they're like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, these two just know mm. each other so well.
2: Why buy it? Because you can see it in the little clips. I mean, it's funny. You would think you can't get anything out of these running on air clips, but it's like Rob Gronkowski couldn't move, you know, the last time he was on the field. And he couldn't move in some of those training camps either. Like, it wasn't like he showed up and people were like, ooh, Gronk's back. It was like he never really recovered in the last couple of years of his career from the cascade of those injuries. Now, that said, he hasn't played football yet. I mean, there hasn't been real hitting and probably the biggest decline I saw in Rob Gronkowski in his last season was as a blocker where, where he was no longer uh, a difference maker um, in terms of, of his blocking. Although he was out there and he gives you flexibility. I think the back injury really came into play there. So you're going to have to watch him play a real 50 snaps in a game and do that a few times and, and see how he holds up. Then I do buy though, that he is moving Better, he has to be. I, I think he is, and he and he said it. He says, I, I think he. It makes sense. A year from away from the game, and it sounds like he worked out harder with the WWE and with the Brady stuff than than uh, he probably was beforehand. He said he basically admitted he didn't work as hard as he could have working out beforehand. Dan's not buying it. No, I'm not buying it. But he is he's, moving better right still, now. There's well, no do you, doubt. Dan, do you, but you made, part
4: of you not want to buy it, even if you are. No,
3: I have no problems it. with Gronk. What do I, what is Gronk doing? Well, how does that affect me negatively? I have no problem with it, but the fact of the matter is like, yeah, you could look great running around in shorts in August, but the body is going to, that body is going to be cranky again once he gets tackled a few times and, uh, meets some crushing blocking assignments. And it is the reason why we roll out trope alerts on this show is because it's legit and it usually does hide the reality. And the reality is that this trope is coach colon aging veteran with history of lower body injuries actually as <laughs> good as ever. That's not possible. That never happens. So we'll see. And if you guys want to put uh, your sandwiches where your mouth is, I'd love to do some statistical. Um, no, wager not in year. this
2: one. Cause to me, it's not the lower it's the back it's the back and the neck in that it, when when you were a fan of the patriots watching Gronk every time he got tackled from behind on his back you just you held your breath and half the time he did get hurt. I mean, that is always how he got hurt: is someone kind of tackling him, jumping on his shoulders because he's not going down, and that's it. And then he's not the same the rest of the season. So, right, and I'm I can with. see
4: his. I, I could. They have two other good tight ends there, or ones that they could service. You, you could use a lot, and you I don't think he snaps start. being managed. I don't think Rock I, I, right, will be. They're the, talking about the fact that he could have the third fewest snaps of the tight ends. Well, you know, Peter into King, the season.
3: Peter King speculated that. Right. I'm just
4: saying, but like, I, I would
2: imagine he'll be behind week. Howard. Like if Howard is healthy, um, I think they'd be smart not to use Gronk seventy seven. As he should get, be. Yeah. Right. The idea that you would phase out someone
3: as talented as O. J. Howard because old man Gronk's back in town, there's a way to make this work while you don't you know give up on O.J. Howard because he had a bad twenty nineteen. All right, well. Meanwhile, on the throne of sleeves, Gronk's old team. Jared Stidham is having a rough camp. He is right now battling injury. It's discomfort in his leg is how it was explained by Rap Sheet. He's also been throwing the ball all over to the place in practice, including the guys on the other side um, of the field on defense. So Stidham struggling with turnovers in practice and now battling a leg injury. All good news if you're a Cam Newton fan, Mark.
4: Yeah, I just... I, I get that there's been this talk about, you know, who's going to start and could they start multiple quarterbacks. It, to me, it's a stunning upset if Cam Newton, even even if you remove the interceptions, isn't your week one starter and, and and continues on that way. I that That's just where I'm sitting. I don't like that. There are things that I just don't need to pay that deep attention to in training camp with no preseason games, and it's stuff like this. I mean, I, now, I mean... Stidham, to me, is a project, and so far the project is not going very well. Right. I think it's not surprising after, you know,
2: not having OTAs, they come out there and they're going up against the best secondary in the league that, you know, uh, you can pick the... You can guess which offenses are all getting the bad reviews in camp. The Jets are another one, where it's like, the offensive talent doesn't match up with the experience and the talent of the defense and there's a few others around the league like that doesn't surprise me that Stidham Hoyer and Cam you know hasn't looked that great Stidham supposedly has been throwing the nicest ball, but he's been throwing it to the other team you know, seven times. Uh, McDaniel's Josh McDaniel said Stidham's practicing next time they're in full pad, So I, I, I'm not really that. Con- the injury doesn't really matter that much as much as he would have to play so well in camp and show that he was so far ahead of Cam to play him ahead of Cam, and he's not. He, he's a second year fourth round pick right now.
3: ESPN's Mike Reese believes that none of the Patriots quarterbacks have, quote, flashed in summer practice so far. Yeah, I don't put anything into that. Like, yeah, do I think my Jets are going to the Super Bowl this year? No. But am I freaking out because the offense – I mean, all offenses are going through it right now. It's, well, it's just especially, that's part of the machine here.
4: Right. There's just – there's so much more to 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 learn and grasp and variables on offense than there is in, for most defenses. I want to know the, how, how Cam's throwing everywhere. the ball.
2: I want to know how Cam's throwing the ball. The fact that Reese said, and, and I've seen it twice, that – You know, if you just look at who's made the best throws, who's got the best arm, you know, has had the best plays in the passing game, it's been Stidham. That that makes me wonder, how is Cam throwing the ball? How does his arm look? Because that is the bigger concern to me, not the the toe and the foot injury that he had last year. We still haven't really seen him rip it um, for a long time since that shoulder surgery. And that's what I am most concerned about, at least as a passing. I guess
3: I'm confused in... (laughs) For people that study the game and know, like to say that Jared Stidham is throwing the ball well when he has like seven interceptions and four. Practices. I think they're saying with more he could, like he could throw awesome. a spiral.
2: Like, okay, I could throw a spiral. I think the I mean, point. I think the point is, you know, yet he's been making the biggest mistakes. But if you picked out who's had the best pass plays in camp, they've almost been all Stidham too. So no, it's like it's a just, terrible it's that it's of, not of, Cam uh, Jameis Winston. It's ugly there. He's like a, he's a bad Jameis. It's also, it's also as you mentioned, I, I don't know what to put into these practices. I also don't think it's a bad thing not to have preseason. But uh, I'm feeling this now. It's like, is it, is it that big a deal? I think it's fine. I'm with you. Well, to the guys
3: <laughs> at the bottom of the roster, it's a big deal. But, Absolutely. Yeah, for us. No. Um, all right. In other news, the Melvin Ingram standoff in in Los Angeles feels like it's coming to a close. We'll see. But Ingram signed an adjusted contract yesterday, according to Mike Garofolo. Mm-hmm of NFL Network with the team that guarantees this year's salary according to sources and according to Mike this was a driving force in Ingram's return to practice and uh, he added that we'll see what it means regarding his push for a contract extension we talked about this on Wednesday's show he's 31 coming off not a game breaking type season Joey Bosa just got the biggest defensive contract ever so I think his future in Los Angeles very murky but this feels like, Greg, a move that they made that gets him back on the field and back to business in 2020.
2: Yeah, it's a little love for a guy who's done a lot of great work for them. It's also ultimately not promising much other than you're going to make the team, which you would have, and that if coronavirus cancels games, we'll still pay you. So that's a little extra. I do think it's directly related to Bosa. You know, your buddy gets all this money, um, and then you want a little. It happened with us when Mark got that monster guaranteed contract. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Guaranteeing him forty million over the next four years, we all were like, "Hello!" It was awkward.
4: Well, it, it yeah. caused a rift. Um, but I mean, I think they went they went in the right direction with the initial salary bump <laughs> heading towards me. That didn't make Wes very happy. He's always been squawking about the money. But um, you know, it, you're right. I, I, I also do. It's pretty clear to me on the Melvin front that they don't they don't really want to give him an extension. I mean, nah. they, right? I mean, I think they want to see how the season goes at best.
3: You know, what was the best part though, Mark? When you took that massive extension And you gave every dime To the Boys and Girls Club of North Hollywood Like that showed me you were a man of character
4: Yeah, I don't know why it would surprise you That I would do that It sort of just seems to be right In the, in the sort of character that I would, I, I would That's how I use my money Just give it all away to other people Not my own children, but other children In a Boys and Girls Club in uh, NoHo, as they call it Right, your,
3: your children are using old shoe boxes as shoes But those kids in NoHo They won't
4: even let my children into that Boys and Girls Club, which I found to be uncivilized. Like, let you know, we've given all this money. They named it after you.
3: It's Mark Sessler Boys and Girls Club of North Hollywood, and Luke and Colin got turned away at
4: the door. Yeah, it's not right. We're working on that. All right. In other
3: news, K.J. Hamler, the rookie wide receiver, uh, is out a couple weeks for the Broncos. Not good with a hamstring injury. And, of course, the way the season is barreling towards us now, less than three weeks, a hamstring injury uh, really puts his week one availability in doubt. And like you mentioned, the Jets and Denzel Mims, their wide receiver, they're very high on who also pulled a hamstring. Uh, when you take a rookie off the field in this offseason, especially uh, during this portion of the season, it's going to be a very tough, you would think, for Hamler to find a role early on in 2020.
2: And he was a big part of the reason people were so excited about the speed of this Broncos offense. They still have pretty good depth, but that's taken away one piece. And you said it just this year more than any. It, I mean, hamstring injuries have, have, in camp have crushed rookie receivers, I feel like, every year. Um, and it just feels like it's going to be doubly true this year. And we're getting so little news. I think that's part of the reason why Like, it's not a fiery rundown right now. There's no preseason. That's part of it. But I think it's because there's no access. I think there's stuff happening out there that you don't know about because people aren't in the building. You're only getting these Zooms. So you only know what the coaches tell you. And if for them to tell you he's out in a couple weeks, that means it's quite serious.
4: Yeah, it's like the position I'd least want... Um to see a player tagged with a hamstring injury, because at wide receiver, you, you, it, it gets it becomes like uh, February, March, and that wide receiver that had that early season hamstring right. uh, pull tells you, oh, it affected, affected my entire year. And we saw it with Odell Beckham, he came back and was fine. But I mean, these things can linger. And I think your Greg, your point that um that we don't really need the preseason from our angle, not the young players. Coaches would love for this access to never grow anything beyond where it is right now. They're loving this. Zim's. So I, I Just- this zooms. is their dreamland you know and how can they go back to
2: that'll be interesting to see how they go back in the media front and then how do they go back to three preseason games i really i really i guess they can't renegotiate that i feel like going back to two feels like that's that's plenty. perfect right going back to three seems crazy next year odell
3: beckham <laughs> is the best case scenario for this type of thing i mean we've been doing this long enough i remember his rookie season he yanks his hamstring at giants camp cuz the guys always hurt and he is out the entire first month of the season, and then he gets back, and he's so incredibly talented. He still lit the league on fire. But unless you're at that kind of level of a talent, it's very difficult to find your role. What are you smirking for, Mark?
4: No, I I remember like people being really down on Beckham before <laughs> they saw him play because of that injury. Why he, Why isn't this guy in? I the mean, the field? guy's
3: always hurt. And well, then I have to watch all all these social media clips this week. Oh, look at Odell! He just leapfrogged over his own linebackers. Like, how that's about why, while that's why walking, Mark's smirking? It's well, like look. while while Odell is you know walking on water this August, let's just hope he doesn't pull a Hammy doing that. You know, it's just like I I, I want to see this guy play, play sixteen games.
4: You and you and Odell Beckham have never felt like the like a road trip pairing that would work out very well. There just seems to be some heat between you guys. But Beckham also played wire to wire through injury all last season. I mean, do we give him any credit for that, or does that get where, where does that play into your know. equation?
2: You Got to right. play. You get more credit if you play well. I don't know about Odell. Unfortunately,
4: a yeah, thousand yard season while injured. Okay.
2: All right. Right. A lot of drops. Here's, 60 the, here's yards the thing. Here's the, the thing with the Odell Beckham injury is very confusing to me because when you watch, especially at the end of the season, I wouldn't watch his last five Baker games. Odell was open all the time, and he had a ton of drops, and he didn't have a lot. He was bad on contested catches. So the, the whole part of him being injured was confusing because the biggest problem he had, I thought, was like he wasn't on the same page, and he couldn't come down with, passes in the past that he did maybe that is the hamstring but it wasn't like he didn't have opportunities but that's 2019 let's move on from that that's in the past uh speaking oh wait hold on it's the fridge repair guy it's the fridge repair guy so I'll be back in like a minute
3: speaking of bye bye Greg um you know the top of the show Mark when when Mm -hmm. Greg you know you just you want to have that moment where we're all sharing it it's like 10 years ago I moved here, and we've been on this roller coaster ride together uh, for the past eight years. And you just want him to be involved with the conversation, but it just didn't seem like we could get him to engage there.
4: He seemed a little reticent. I'd like to dig deeper into why that why that was. Um, I think the the findings might be unpleasant to uh, to you, and uh, maybe to me also, and potentially to Erica. So I don't. Maybe we don't dig deeper into that.
3: Ricky, what do you think? What do you make of that? I think it was clear as day. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you guys. Um, yeah, like Mark said, I don't. I don't think you should dig deeper into it because it doesn't go very deep. He just doesn't like you guys.
4: Yeah, it seems. Uh, <laughs> seems rather evident. <laughs>
3: Like there's no warm feelings about the he, last. He doesn't seven care or eight years. if you've been there for ten years. Right, and, we're back. Or, we're back. Yeah, anyway, so I, I think two is two best I think, Tua, is best
4: ball. I think Tua. seems he'll be fine. Tua's oh, two Tua, two. Fun. Yeah. All
3: right. It's in other first awesome. round, Greg is back. In other first round news involving wide receivers, Marquise Hollywood Brown is poised for a big second year with the Ravens, and uh, he's. You know, made some headlines. Greg, you mentioned it on a podcast earlier uh, this summer. He gained 20, <laughs> 23 pounds. He bulked up 23 pounds uh, in the NFL offseason. That's almost like the entire weight of my three-year-old child. <laughs> um, and you would think that this would be... First of all, you worry about his hamstrings and every other part mm. of his body. Uh, but also, if you were curious, Mark, I know you're very plugged in on diet and what you put into your body and actually just this week starting this week my own training camp I've really been cleaning it up and I'm ki- trying to keep the calorie intake below 2000 which is you know when you start like trying to track these things realize how easily you give away calories but that's mm. my situation a guy that's trying to drop weight Marquis Brown is trying to gain weight he, and he was on a 4000 calorie diet this off season, and here is the diet you ready Mark take note if you want to bulk up
4: I, I will breakfast
3: And by the way, I know these. this is a trope in its own right that these stories pop up, but I always like just seeing what these guys are eating. Breakfast, 7.30 a.m., four boiled eggs and oatmeal. Snack, 9.30 a.m., protein shake and two tablespoons of peanut butter. Lunch, noon, a protein, either steak, chicken, or lamb, with rice, potatoes, and greens. Snack, 2 p.m., goddamn snack, in the honor of Rex Ryan. Protein shake, 10 ounces of almond milk. One banana and two tablespoons of peanut butter. Dinner, 5 p.m., early dinner, another protein. Again, steak, chicken, or salmon with rice, potatoes, and greens. And then 7.30 p.m., finally, one more snack, another protein shake, <laughs> 10 ounces of almond milk, yogurt, and two tablespoons of peanut butter. And that's well, how you get, and then you work out like a maniac and you're, a, you're like a almost hilariously gifted physical specimen. You can gain 23 pounds of muscle that way.
4: That's that's just a bodybuilder's uh, regimen. I mean, so there's got to be you know periods of lifting in between all that. I don't know. You know, I think that it probably would. Do, if, if I tried that diet, it would do an absolute job on the intestinal tract. Uh, I don't know how that would work out, but that's. <laughs> That's how you put those pounds on. That's how you do it. Can you it. imagine Four, eight boiled eggs a, at five a.m.? No, thank you. I think I, could, I think I could give it a give it a go. Maybe I'd have to
2: downsize it a little bit here and there. But by the time you got to the, <laughs> the nine thirty or the third protein shake with the extra two tablespoons of uh, peanut butter and. And almond milk and that's the third time today and you just ate like your second steak oh. and you'd just be like stuffing it down and that peanut butter would, and almond milk would be like oh. oozing out of your mouth like,
4: <laughs> 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 Greg you sound like Greg, the perfect I, person to sponsor this type of plan you know we've never had it.
3: <laughs> we've never had a meme on this show yet something that really broke through Greg you spoon feeding your the peanut butter into your mouth I think that could do it that's
4: two shows that in a awesome. row where you've created a bit of a meme, uh, <laughs> Greg with you know
2: you're a meme generator lately. Well, I feel you know we talked about it. I think it was earlier this year. When you want social media advice, you just come to me. you
4: know
2: that's true. Triple G. Uh, and finally,
3: in the news, bad times for Thom Brenneman. I think he goes by Tom, but I mean THOm and you want me to call you Tom. At a certain point, you need to make the choice. You're right. But that's not what we're focusing on here. Reds broadcaster, and Wes has been listening to this guy and watching this guy for decades uh, as a Cincinnati Reds baseball fan, but Tom Brenneman suspended from working Cincinnati's games after using an anti-gay slur on the air on Wednesday night, uh, prompting the team to apologize for what they called a horrific homophobic remark, which it was, and promptly, uh, Fox, about 12 hours later, announced they were pulling Tom off the air on NFL Sundays. And, you know, once this story is out there, and it's one of the all-time broadcasting gaffes uh, that I remember, to do that live on the air and say what he said. But when they were giving his background, I was stunned to see that Brenneman Fox stole CBS, uh, stole the NFC coverage from CBS in 1994. And it was a landmark thing, Fox getting into the broadcasting game. And Tom Brenneman was on the first uh, group of teams in 94. And he's been there the entire time since. So you guys could do the math there. I mean, the guy has been a staple there. Um, So with Brenneman out for this season and likely beyond that, thought this would just be a good time to take a look at where we're at with the Fox teams. Real quick, I'm going to go through the Fox teams. And if you don't follow this as closely as we do, because we kind of are way into this because we're just these teams, Mark, right? They're just so – they become a part of our life for four months, especially if you're – for your job, you're trying to watch all the games. You can't get away from these guys. They better be pleasant.
4: Yeah, to your point, for more than four months, for – 10 years in some cases, 15 years. I mean, I, you can hear their voices in your head. If I say Pat Summerall, uh, you can hear his voice, if you think about it, in your mind right now. I mean, that. But that's no, good. Right, that's, yes. that's good, and that's the good teams. There are a couple teams, and you can get into it. I mean, there are certain teams that... Um, Lessen my enjoyment of some games. Uh, you know, they're not all created equal.
2: Tom was one of those for a while. I mean, at some point last year, I almost got to the point that I thought they were so bad they're good. But he's such a blowhard. He's so opinionated and knows so little that it it almost cracks me up. And he's with Chris Spielman, who I like, and it's kind of fun. But the two of them off each other were were insane. So good riddance. Wow, to, Greg to takes the. Takes the we, gloves off on I mean, Bob we talked. spot. We talked about it. We talked about him on this show before this.
3: Uh, yes. So here are the teams, just just for posterity. Uh, the A team is Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Since 2006, that's been the team with Aaron Andrews as the sideline reporter. The B team, which I believe to be solid as well, Kevin Burkhart, Daryl Johnston, and Pam Oliver.
2: Because
3: hmm. Charles Davis left uh,
2: for CBS.
3: Hmm.
4: Burkhart underrated. I like Burkhart a lot.
3: Burkhardt's great, yeah. Uh, the third team, this is interesting. Kenny Albert, who's solid. Jonathan Vilma, is that new? Yep. Yeah. Who was Albert working with last year?
2: Does anybody recall? I think Rondé Barber.
4: Mm. Mm. I always, Kenny always thought Albert, Kenny Albert was Marv Albert's younger brother, and I realized, I learned more recently than I should have that it's his son. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah, I always I thought, thought it was, a younger it was his younger brother, because Kenny Albert really? has been around for a billion years, and it's his son. Anyway, that
3: is stunning to me.
2: I always thought it was his
3: brother. I mean, Marv is like,
2: you know, he's been... He's, 100. He's still in top form, or, has, or at least close to it, considering. But yeah, I think he's approaching his
4: 80s, or maybe, you know... He is he, late 70s, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah.
2: So, Albert
3: and Vilma, will be interesting to hear how Vilma does this season. I thought Vilma they was rotate. really good on
2: ESPN as a, you know, studio guy, but I haven't heard him on a game.
3: Hmm. As uh, they'll have rotating sideline reporters. And... Sideline reporters—is that
2: going to be a thing this season? Probably no. No, no they I actually it's, announced it's it, that they that NFL Network reporters—I mean, all sideline reporters—are um, barred from uh, hmm. barred from the field during games for the t- the entire 2020 season.
3: All right. So Thom was with Spielman, as we said, and Shannon Spake was the sideline reporter. So Shannon, I guess, is not involved or will have a different role Thumb, out of the mix. So they got a plug. They could potentially um, mix. In with one of their other teams, they have Chris Myers uh, and a booth mate to be named later. Was it Myers with Barber?
2: I, hmm. I always tried to mute that channel.
4: Yeah, that's not my favorite. Um, and then the the scenario. final
2: team is Dick Stockton,
3: Mark Schlereth, and Jennifer Hale. So we'll see what Fox does. They have some. They have a notable hole to fill at the play by play spot for their D team.
4: Hmm. I mean, Dick Stockton has been doing games since about 1926. Uh, you know, our guy Peter Schrager loses that sideline uh, work that he's excellent at. So I wonder what I, they'll, I they'll
2: probably come up with some other workaround. I like kind of in the NBA, maybe they'll do it in the, you know, in the walkways, like under the stadium. I don't know. They, they'll probably come up with something. But like listening to that group, you know, no offense to Dick Stockton and Thom. And Chris Myers, well, I guess some offense. Let's get some new blood in. I mean, I know it's a difficult job, but some of these guys, football is not their main sport. There's a sense of punching the clock. Like, we can find the next generation of people. Let's do it. Yeah, this might be the old.
4: They've been around forever.
3: I'm I'm with you. It it might be the old Damashek thing, which maybe it's changing now, but. Damashek was always mystified that we couldn't find 32 people on the planet who (laughs) could play quarterback at a high level. Um, I think it's maybe a tougher job. It's an incredibly tough job. And we, I mean, we're giving it respect saying it's a tough job, but I think it's even tougher than that. The guys that can do it, you know, call out immediately who the player is, have an understanding of the game and a knowledge of the teams, to be able to talk for three to four hours.
4: I I have a lot of respect
3: for people that do it well.
4: I, honestly, because I think Greg, we've talked about this a hundred times, that Greg is good at, you know, this is happening, this flag was thrown, or, you know, uh-oh, Sean Payton just let eight seconds go off the clock in the middle of the third quarter. Greg's having a hissy fit over it. I don't know why at all. Like, I just watch the games, and I'm sort of like, I bathe in the, in the overall environment of the game, and there are nuggets, things I see, but I need to kind of sometimes stop, pause, and see what's... I'm just not great at, like, instant analysis. If someone put me on play-by-play, that broadcast would be an absolute... <laughs> disaster to the person. So you're saying uh, Fox, don't Fox you. should not
3: reach out to Mr. Sessler.
4: I'm not the new blood that, they're, uh, that they should be seeking <laughs> at, at all. Sideline reporter also a tougher job than people realize. You got to track down PR people to get injuries. I mean these jobs are they look easy and they're not easy.
3: All right. Well put Mark. That's what's happening
4: in the news. Greg is thinking Remind- he could do play-by-play. That's why he did not No, I'm
2: terrible. I did do color on college uh, television at Tulane for a couple of years. I could never do play-by-play. Yeah, throw me and uh, do the, the color. That'd be fun. But I no, did that a little bit in that's college, That's a skill too, set I would never uh, – it would be terrible. Yeah, it's – Well, it looks you know. like, according to
3: Wikipedia, Chris Myers needs somebody to do color with him this year.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. I mean just get so the an just get like the quarterback's names right. Come on. Let's get Mike Berkowitz <laughs> on the phone. See if we can get you on the uh
3: on the E team for Fox this year.
2: Like that. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere.
3: All right. What's up, Berko, if you're listening. All right. That is it. Hey, again, reminder. The show on television is tomorrow, Saturday, NFL Network. The around the NFL broadcast, which is a Detailed rundown of everything happened, there it is, in the week that was. And uh, we're have we having a lot of fun doing that. We tape it, actually, right after today's broadcast. So if you want to watch it on Fridays digitally, it's on NFL.com at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Uh, So check out the Around the NFL broadcast. And I also, one more note, I saw and I tweeted that we are apparently – by this metric on Apple Podcasts. we were the 15th, number 15 podcast, I believe in the UK, um, this past week. Overall, not just sports. That's awesome. Thank you to everybody. Just a call to not just the UK listeners, but the American listeners too. Please go to Apple and rate us five stars and uh, leave a positive review. But even if you don't want to leave a review, if you could just juice us with some star ratings, that would be very nice. We don't ask for much. We don't charge you a dime for the show. If you could do that for us, consider it even.
4: Yeah, I'd say start... If you know people that don't like sports or don't like football, mm. have them listen too regularly because that's the new territory, the new crowd uh, that we're looking for to get higher than 15th in the UK. Mm. That's an insult to us. We should be... <laughs> (laughs) third or fourth at the at the lowest
3: yeah i tweeted it 15th place is 14th loser
2: yes how about uh how about a little present for dan's 10-year anniversary you know at the nfl network just leave five stars (laughs) that's why i didn't say congrats earlier i'm gonna leave five stars and leave a great review for dan there you go i knew it all (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right and we'll read it because i'm gonna check it every day greg until i see the review now do it right now (laughs) (laughs) all right Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back Monday. Um, hoping Wes is going to be with us for the Monday show. And and uh, coming up next Wednesday, of course, the fantasy extravaganza. So everything is starting to heat up now. It's getting wild. Let's get out of here. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Ten years gone, man. Ten years gone. <laughs> Till Monday.
1: Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing
3: your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get 5 quarts with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in
1: the zone, AutoZone.
3: Restrictions apply.